This is the Glasses by Day Geek by Night podcast. I'm Matt, and as usual, I'm going to be moaning and complaining about something geeky. So right off the bat, if you give me a follow, a like, even recommend your friends, comments and messages are more than welcome. If you've got something you want me to talk about, let me know. Um, so I've been away for a couple of weeks, but I'm back and I'm going to be bringing you a few episodes a week. So I'm just going to give you a roundup of what I'm going to be doing this this series. So I'll be rounding up the Invincible Rewatch where I compare and contrast the comic to the series. I'll be bringing you a plethora of comics to read before you die. Um, I'm going to be reviewing a lot of TV and movies, starting with Murder at the End of the World. So on this episode, I'm going to be rounding up my top superhero cartoons of the noughties. So I'm going to get straight into it. So this is 10 to 1. So at number 10, I have The Spectacular Spider-Man. So, Spectacular Spider-Man ran for basically two seasons. It was a bit of a shame, really, because it ended up being a pretty good series. It was a unique unique, you know, animation style. It was a different story than we'd actually had before, because actually it's been a while since probably the first incarnation of Spider-Man in the comics that we've actually had an actual teenage Spider-Man other than the movie. Which, realistically, Andrew Garfield's one was basically a teenager for, what, like, not that long and went to uni. You know, Tobey Maguire's, you know, basically was graduating. At least Tom Holland is actually in high school. I kind of feel like that's what they're missing. They're missing a key component where they forget that actually when Peter became Spider-Man, he was only 15. So, basically, this is Peter entering his junior year of um, Midtown Manhattan Magnet High School. So... Basically, season one takes place over his first semester in junior year. Season two happens over his second. So he fights a plethora of villains in the first series. So Tombstone, Norman Osborn, Dr. Octavius, Hammerhead, uh, Vulture Electro, Lizard, Shocker, Sandman, Rhino, Chameleon, Black Cat. You know, I just kind of feel like, realistically, there's a lot going on. There's uh, the alien symbiote Venoms in it and all that stuff. Realistically, it's a shame that it went on. Yeah, it only went on for two seasons. Maybe would have scored higher on my list had it, you know, had it gone on longer. It's not my favourite of all time, but on this list, it's it still made the top ten. Next up, I have Static Shock. Static Shock ran for four seasons, believe it or not, from um, September twenty third, two thousand, to May twenty second, two thousand and four. What I love about Static is, though, that it's a tie-in to the other DC shows, and we have um, cameos from Batman in there, um, Static ends up making cameos in Justice League Unlimited, you know, they all know each other, and that's what I quite like about it, do you know what I mean? The the idea of Static is, though, that he's um, a boy called Virgil Hawkins from um, Dakota, and he gets accidentally caught up in a gang war. And he ends up um, getting doused in you know, a mysterious mutagen mist, whatever you'd call it, and becomes what um, the people in Dakota call a bang baby. I'm not sure how much that really, you know, how that word really comes about, but realistically, it's not the best thing in the world. I don't think it's the best term for them anyway. But either way, let's go with it. And basically, he gets electric type powers where he can move metal he can shock people you know he's just a great character and it's a shame that they haven't used him yet within the 
you know the expanded universe because actually he's a really good character um in the comics he's been a titan he's had his own series you know and especially seeing how he's not an original dc character i just think that he's come a long way they obviously thought he was good enough to use in his own you know in his own cartoon series so why have they not used him in the films yet instead they put all their um the power behind Jaime Reyes and the Blue Beetle, and actually, it kind of flopped. That said, for all I know, Static would have flopped as well, but he makes my number nine on the list. At number eight, we have The Batman. So, it's not Batman the Animated Series, it's the one where Bruce Wayne's got the, it looks like he's had his nose broken a few times, to be fair, if you've ever watched it. Um, it goes, The Batman, and kind of stuff like that. It was a bit creepy, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, um, it went for so many, yeah, it went for a decent amount of series between 2004 and 2008. And, you know, it's not related to any of the other DC cartoon shows whatsoever, but it had its own mythos and stuff like that. I do feel like, though, that it was a bit of a boys' club because they literally only had one girl superhero in it in the end. And actually, they did have the Justice League in it, so they did have opportunities to bring in a, a decent female, and actually, they just never did. But. It's still a really good series. It, a new take on the Joker, a new take on a lot of the villains. Um, didn't specifically live in a mansion, lived in a big building in the middle of town kind of thing. But I kind of feel like, to a certain extent, the the new Batman, the Batman, with uh, Robert Pattinson is kind of similar to that. And I just think it was a new take on it. Um, I think they lost their way towards the end, what was it, season five of all the Justice League stuff, because I kind of feel like, to me, it was like the early series of Arrow, where they were really good, where it was something completely brand new, where it was just him on his own, and then they expanded the universe, and it just got a bit silly towards the end. But I kind of feel like the first few series of The Batman were really good, and definitely deserved to be on the list. In at number seven, we have Wolverine and the X-Men. So, uh, you know what? I kind of feel like this is a, a bit of a lesser-known one. It's not as popular as certain other X-Men. Like, X-Men the Animated Series from the 90s is probably still the best, and hence why it's getting another another shot, basically. But the idea of this one is that it's... Imagine the X-Men are already, you know, well-known, the school's up and running and all that. Um, it's... It, it opens with Wolverine and Rogue having an argument about Wolverine leaving, and then um, he goes to find Charles and Jean. They both get headaches, an explosion occurs, and Charles and Jean have gone, disappeared, um, and it, it forces the X-Men to disband, go their separate ways, um, and it's just a good series. It's about the X-Men coming back together. There's something... A care in there's something going on. I'm not going to give you too much. Um, it also has um, future scenes with Professor X, which are really good. It was just a good series, and it's a shame because it actually only ran for one series between you know one year, 2009, and I kind of feel like you know it is a shame. Do you know what I mean? You know, and it only had 26 episodes. So is the fate of a lot of things. Anime-wise, I feel like a lot of decent series only get the 26 episodes to do it kind of thing. And I get it's not anime, but I kind of feel like that's the way I'm kind of looking at it, that it was a, it was a good shot all on its own. It's got loads going on in it as well. It's got Genosha, it's got you know Sentinels, it's got all sorts going on. It's got problems from the future. 
I kind of feel like maybe the problem with it was that it was a little bit too, you know, ambitious with what it was doing and maybe didn't really get the demographic that it wanted because obviously it was supposed to be a kid's show and probably was a little bit more adult than it needed to be. So maybe that's why I enjoyed it, but that's definitely deserving to be on my list of the 10. In at number six, I have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So I'm talking about the 2002 version, obviously not the you know the 80s version because we're talking about the noughties. So the, the idea of this is that it's just a retelling of the story, a bit more updated, character designs are much better, there's less campiness. It was just a great series and it really doesn't receive the, you know, a claim that it really deserves. Um, I just think that it was a great take on it and it's a shame because it actually only had what like two seasons from 2002 to 2004 and 26 episodes first series 13 in the second and that's a real shame because the second series is really good it was what Masters of the Universe versus Snake Man and he had a great new costume with this glory thing on one or it was it was just a good thing do you know what I mean Um, I just think that probably was the wrong time for it they, they've tried recently with what were he-man revelations or whatever it is and it was pretty much garbage it's like they 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 took Teeler and made her really butch for one thing and it didn't really work and then tried to make her into the main character and that that didn't really bother me but it just came out of the blue kind of thing if you watched he-man in the 80s kind of thing then or have watched he-man from the 80s it just didn't make any sense to make her the the main character as such. Do you know what I mean? They've also tried that uh, the the newest incarnation on Netflix, and I just went, oh, I'm not going there. It's just not happening. But this season is definitely worth a watch. Do you know what I mean? And it was leading up to Hordak, I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? So it was going to bring in ideally Shira and stuff like that, and it it just never happened. So it probably would have scored much higher on the list, but. The, it was just the way they went about it kind of thing it just got cancelled after two series and especially leaving it the way they did I just kind of feel like it was a bit mm, bit premature in at number five i have tmnt teenage mutant ninja turtles so teenage mutant ninja turtles ran for allegedly seven series don't watch the last one it it yeah does it might even be the last two there was just two of them that was one was set in the future and stuff like that and it just it's not worth watching whereas the the first few series are really good and it takes a you know it tries to use the darkness of the comic the original comics and tries to make them more kid-friendly and it actually worked out like leonardo killing the shredder is obviously you know you know he chops his head off, but it turns out the Shredder's an alien, and he hasn't specifically killed him, so it's kind of like, it's another way to do it, and it's another way to bring in the, was it the Umtron, or something like that. Um, it was just a good series, really gritty to begin with, especially where, um, there's a bit in it where Leonardo, you remember in the original Turtles film, where Raph gets beaten up, and he gets um, dumped at um, April's what, last April's second-hand shop kind of thing. It basically happens again, but obviously with Leonardo. And I'm pretty sure in the comics, from what I can remember, Leonardo was the one that got beaten up anyway. If he wasn't, let me know. Um, but it's really good. It's a really good series. 
definitely worth being on the list and it would have been higher but I have some real good ones coming up before I move on though I will say it had a banging soundtrack anyway speaking of banging soundtracks we have Justice League yeah it's not one of those it's not the most banging soundtrack on the list I will give you that you know what I mean but you hear that noise you know the Justice League's coming on not as good as Justice League Unlimited but you might get to hear more about that in a bit anyway so Justice League followed the the world's greatest heroes as they come together to you know fight evil um starts off um in the first series especially as they they get normally about two maybe three it's normally two episodes and it's just a a small story arc so you can literally jump in in the first series pretty much anywhere along the way and you'll get a decent story especially seeing how i kind of feel like most of the characters are pretty well known you've got superman batman wonder woman flash green lantern you know hawk girl and martian manhunter or john jones as he's called in this maybe not as well known to the uk public but they're getting that way now so it, it's not really the end of the world if you jump in somewhere along the way um you know the second series gets much better superman animation is much better his face is different in the first series they had him looking like he needed like you know a glass of water or something he looked dehydrated to fuck um yeah other than that the animation is much better in the second series they fight a lot more villains they've got dark side they've got um amazo it leads up to the thanagarian war at the end the what was it Starcrossed is a three-part close into season two and it ends justice league and jumps right into justice league unlimited right after that and it's a brilliant end to the series. It's it was one of them that if you've watched it, you're like, oh my god, are they making more? And for, fortunately for us, they did. Just a shame that you know Unlimited ended so abruptly. Anyway, um, yeah, Justice League, really good. Um, the first season of it is out on Netflix UK, so you can watch it there. That said, um, I'm sure you can stream season two somewhere along the way. Right in at. Number three, we have Teen Titans. So I'm not talking about that mess of a Teen Titans that you can get, what is it, Teen Titans Go? I'm talking about early 2000s Teen Titans with the, the yeah you know, probably the one of the best soundtracks was a T-E-E. I'm not going to sing it because it's really going to put you off. But the idea is it is a really good soundtrack, really good, you know, comedy, all that stuff. Uh, what I love about it is that how they blend the comedy with all the actual you know the drama of it i kind of feel like there's a lot lot actually going on you know it leads to probably one of the best endings of a a superhero cartoon that i can remember with um trigon and stuff like that and beast boy and his love interest terror is you know heartbreaking kind of thing no it's a really good series and really good voice acting um you know realistically you switch that on you will know most of the voices from that series do you know what i mean and it's just a really good series another thing i love about it is that that you know they don't try and bring in too many you know well-known villains they're, they're not really that bothered about that they want the titans to be an entity all on their own and it really worked so in at number two we have x-men evolution I am actually 
to a certain extent, more of a fan of X-Men Evolution than X-Men the Animated Series. X-Men Evolution is a really, really good series. It's got continuity all the way through. Um, great voice acting, great animation. Um, I can only remember probably a few blips in the whole thing. Um, story-wise, it's just brilliant. And what I love about it is that the, the arcs just flow together so nicely. Do you know what I mean? I kind of feel like it almost reminds me of each season of it. You just get a new saga. So it ran for four seasons between 2000 and 2003. Which is a real shame because it was really, really good. It was, yeah, really good. First season focuses on um, building the X-Men. And it ends up with... Um, they've got uh, they've got several villains in there. Juggernaut, a few others. It uh, ends with... Um, Magneto trying to um, recruit as many of the best mutants he can, so he pits them all against each other, so that he he basically takes the winner with him, and um, they end up going to Asteroid M. Um, yeah, all develops from there. Season two is about um, building the X Men even more, so the school is taking off. It ends with. Um, with the X-Men getting lured to a certain, yeah, certain location in Manhattan. And um, fighting shoes. And basically they're outed as mutants. Um, and so on and so forth. Season 3. Um, it's it's all about um, the set with some mutants trying to bring forth the idea of Apocalypse coming into it. And then season 4, it, it goes on from there. So season 3 ends with... Um, with Apocalypse coming back, and season four is basically the fight of their lives against um, against Apocalypse, and it's a really really good series. And what I what really wound me up about the series is right at the end they give you like a glimpse of future events and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, if they'd done season five, that would have been so much better. I almost thought when Wolverine and the X Men came out that that's what it was going to be. It was going to be. You know, X Men Evolution season five, and it just never happened, and it really bugged me. Do you know what I mean? It's got a banging soundtrack as well, so it's definitely worth a watch if you can find it anywhere. And in at number one, with probably the best soundtrack going, we have Justice League Unlimited. So basically, Unlimited carries on from Justice League, and um, it's right after the Thanagarian War. They've rebuilt the Watchtower and they've recruited a ton of superheroes. And basically, they have a, a full roster going. They in, they're trying to get someone like um, Green Arrow into it. I kind of feel like they needed someone like Batman, but with you know a few more jokes going. So they they brought in Green Arrow, and um, it works. I kind of feel like um, the first episode shows. What they could have actually done. It has Green Lantern going down to deal with a nuclear problem. He takes um, Supergirl and Captain Atom with him. I kind of feel like Supergirl was sent because you know we we know what her power set is, but she's totally different from Superman. And then you've you've got a new entity in there. So for anyone who doesn't know, you've got Captain Atom who is nuclear powered. He can do all sorts of things with energy and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like it all worked really really well with another Batman character in there as well. Yeah, well, I just kind of feel like it was a really good series and had some really good things going for it. Like, the first season is all about 
maybe the Justice League getting a bit big for their boots. They have an energy weapon on the space station. They, you know, they get hacked. It gets used. Um, it's about public opinion being really low on them, but them still coming through in the end as the heroes they are. Um, season two is basically all about you know dark side getting his foothold so in justice league the original series in season two of that um dark side is basically you know deleted to it you know he's he's killed to a certain extent but it's all about him lex Luthor accidentally bringing dark side back and then him going to take out you know the you know superman in the league and it's a really good series Definitely deserving of being number one on the list. And it's a shame that it didn't go on for more series than that. But all good things must come to an end, just like this podcast. So I've been Matt, and this has been the Glasses by Day, Geek by Night podcast. Thanks for listening.